we had picked out through through July and August for us to go through the book of Romans, uh, which is a very, very great book. Um, it's a complicated book. Uh, I did look ahead at the preaching schedule that, that I had asked Marcus to set up, and he made sure to give me all the most difficult <laughs> parts to talk about. Um, so next week will be easier to deal with. Um, but as we go through it, we'll see that there are many great and wonderful blessings to, to hear. Uh, certainly it's in Romans where we, we hear an exposition about the way in which salvation comes and, and the importance of faith, but also the importance of grace, that it is by grace that we have been saved. And we also hear the tremendous works of the Spirit and the way the Spirit works in our life. But then there are also very complicated and difficult topics for us to talk about. Uh, in fact, I think, I think Kathy did a great job because, frankly, I don't want to preach on this. And I would have been glad to let her just take that. <laughs> but instead, she handed it back. Because in this section that we read from Romans, there's many difficult things for us to hear. And in fact, I, I would say that there are times where looking at not just the book of Romans, but the rest of scriptures, that there are, there are things in there that I wish were not there. That there are things that when I hear them are difficult for me to understand, let alone put in practice. Let alone speak to others about. Uh, Marcus and I were sitting with uh, one of our brothers in the ministry in the area and just talking about some of the more difficult things that we have to struggle with and, and talk to people about. And, and our brother made that very comment that I just wish some things were not in scriptures that are there. Because it would be easier for us. It would be less complicated to be a Christian. It would be easier for us to understand the full depths of Christ if it were not for these things. When I was younger and, and really starting to form in faith, one of the ways that I tried to handle these difficult conversations and difficult topics was just thinking I could cut them out. That if I just took parts of Scripture and cut it out, then I'd be fine. Maybe even if I just got rid of Paul himself and dealt within the gospel, <laughs> things would be much easier. <laughs> and I'm not alone in that. In fact, there are people who have tried that. There are churches that have tried that. But we can't. We can't. Because as soon as you start cutting out one part, you have to cut out everything, including our understanding of grace, including justification, including everything. And certainly when we take the words of Paul and we set them against Christ, we cannot find a difference. But his exposition is that on Christ. Which means we still continue to struggle and deal with many of these difficult conversations and these hardships. It would be one thing for us to just launch directly into our reading that we had here in Romans. But something that was cut off right before it is what I see to be one of the central points and central ways that we can understand exactly what Paul is talking about. Because in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, right before our reading, it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the gospel is this, the power of God for everyone. The power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. That this power of God has come to us in the person of Jesus who has given us this power that delivers forgiveness to us for all of those sins, all of that long list of everything that Paul had listed out there. The power of God for salvation to those things. Overcoming the malice that we hold in our hearts. Overcoming the ways we are adulterers. Overcoming all of those sinful desires, those things that we not only are handed over to, but hand ourselves over to. The power of God for salvation. It is only by the power of God those things are overcome. It's only by the blood of Christ that those things are overcome. It's only by His resurrection that death is finally defeated. The gospel is this. The power of salvation for everyone who believes. And so it is in that where we begin. It's in our first understanding of that very thing that we can begin to even look at what it is that Paul has to say in the book of Romans. It's only in our understanding that the gospel has come to grant us this power of God to overcome all of those things that weigh us down, that bring us guilt into our life, that holds us back, that brings us towards death. It's only in the power of God those things are taken away. And so we look at what it is that the Lord has to say about it. Certainly as we consider all that the Lord delivers here to us in Romans, we see that it is in the power of God that we live. Because it's only by the power of God that we are able to stay out of those things. The Lord does not draw the punches here in Romans. He lets them go full force in the description of the way that the world can be. The way our flesh can be. The way we can be at times. His description is a way that we can look out into the world and see it to be true. Being handed over and given over into these things. The way people can speak to one another. I am constantly amazed at the ways that we can creatively think of how to hurt each other. And it seems we get more and more creative as time goes on. That we now live in a time where we believe we have reached uh, our fullest understanding of science, our fullest understanding of philosophy, yet we also live in the time that that the, the nuclear weapons were created. We also live in a time where refugees are fleeing out of countries completely destroyed by war and oppression. We live in a time where suddenly everything that we thought in terms of civil rights was put away, but has just reared its head back up, exposing that we still have not dealt with many of the divisions in life. Have we progressed? Have we put away these things? But what we see at the heart of man is still true. The way in which we can hold malice against each other the way we can speak about one another, 
the way that we can certainly oppress and suppress truth. When we are left to our own, the picture that is given in Romans 1 is a perfect description of who we can be. Now certainly if I stood on any sidewalk here in Seattle, no one would disagree. We are people that are prone to protest. Don't know if you've heard that or not. We like standing up for justice. We like seeing and saying that there's something wrong in the world. But the difference about Christianity, the difference that Christ comes to teach us about is that actually we are part of the problem. That as I look at those who hurt other people, as I look at the way that we can speak to one another, as I look at the way that we are with our neighbors, I notice that that person is no worse than I am. That in the depths of my heart, I can carry all of those same things. I can say all of those same things. I can desire and pursue all of those same things. This is what leads Paul to say what it is that he actually says to the Christians gathered in Rome. Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourselves, that you will escape the judgment of God? That as I look at others, as we look at others in this world and we start from a position of judgment and superiority, we will fall to judgment and superiority. But in taking that position first, what we have forgotten is this, that the gospel is the power of salvation for everyone who believes. That we are people of the gospel. We are people who have been saved by this power of God. That we are people who have been called out by the very God who has come to us in Jesus. The very one who walked in ways that did not know malice. That he did not speak in hatred. That he did not treat his neighbor in such disgust. Who ate with people that no one else would eat with. He became home for those who were on the outs. Those that no one else would accept. He became a person who could speak into the hearts of those who struggled, those who doubt. Because the gospel is the power of God of salvation for everyone who believes. So we think about that long list. We think of those things that are being spoken about. Are those things terrible? Yes. Have they been given over to those things? Yes. Are those things that we struggle with because we know those people personally? We know people who struggle in these different issues. Yes. Does that mean we should stop and not speak the truth? No. But we speak as ones who know the gospel as ones who know what the power of God has come to do, 
We speak judgment only in grace and in humbleness. We speak in judgment in the way in which we have been saved from it. We speak as those who've had the power of God come to us. We remember what we are charged with in 1 Peter chapter 3, that we always have ready the reasons for our hope. That in coming into this world, a world that continues to go down a different path, we are able to explain why it is we've been called to do and to be different. That we do not fall for the old fairy or fable of the emperor's new clothes. Do you know that story? The story of the emperor that had the commission the two seamstresses? I'm not sure if that's a word. I'm sure I looked it up as I wrote it, I can promise. And they come to the, to the king with an invisible set of clothes and convince the, the emperor that only those that uh, aren't worthy of their positions can't see these clothes. And so the emperor goes out and he, he um, gallivants around, parades around in his um, unmentionables, I suppose. And it takes a child to recognize why he's just in his underwear. As the world comes to us and tells us to accept and to rejoice in such things, we call it as it is. We call hatred what it is. We call practices what they are. But we do so as ones who know the power of God for our salvation. Ones who are able to speak in such a way as not only do we know who they are, but we know exactly what the struggle in sin is like. That we are not immune to it, but rather we are in it as well. That we are people who struggle ourselves. That we do not look at the speck in our brother's eye forgetting our own log, but we are very familiar with the log in our eye. Being able to explain it down to the detail of its bark. Because we have it. That log does not describe us. It does not define us. Because we've been saved from it. It's only when we first recognize the log in our eye are we able to speak about the speck in anybody else's. Because there's a humanizing thing about knowing ourselves to be sinners. It reminds us that we are all creatures. That we do not worship fellow creatures because all creatures are fallen, especially us. We worship a creator, one who's able to overpower these logs in our eyes and these specks in our brothers. I still struggle at times. I still struggle at times with everything that is written in our words. But the very thing that helps me meet that struggle is the power of God for the salvation for everyone who believes. Because in that power, in that blood of Christ, I see the forgiveness in every speck and in every log that is jammed in our eyes. Amen?